Hello, I'm Daniel Desmond, and welcome to Des Caught It. I'm here today with Zachary Uden. Hello. And Caleb Goldstein. Hello. This is a podcast about football for real fans. We're going to be talking about fantasy, gambling, and Jackson Mahomes' TikTok and all the crazy things about the NFL. And we're going to try and have some fun. We're going to do recurring segments with my friends and argue about some football. Today, we're going to look at outlooks on teams and see if they will make the playoffs or not, as well as ride or die and a preview for next week. So, Zach, give me a team that you are out on and don't think will make the playoffs. A team that I'm out on is the Broncos. They are 3-0 already, and I don't think it's very impressive whatsoever. I mean, they've played arguably the three worst teams in the NFL with a combined record of now since the Jaguars lost on Thursday, 0-10, which is awful. I don't really think they're legit at all. I think the fact that they have yet to play a half-decent team just doesn't really showcase how their team will compete against real competition. They're a team that screams mediocrity. I mean, Melvin Gordon has passed his prime. Sutton is fine. Fant is fine. Uh, Bridgewater hasn't really you know, shown his skill against real teams, and I'm looking forward to them playing against the Ravens this week, who are at least better than the Jets, Jags, and Giants. So you talk about the Ravens here. Who do you think wins that game, Ravens or Broncos? I think the Ravens win this game. I don't think the Broncos have really... I mean, the fact that they're now used to playing these bad teams, I feel like the uh, the Ravens are going to be a rude awakening for them. I feel like their offense will have trouble going, especially with Judy getting hurt so early in the season and it just being sudden, Tim Patrick and that running game. But I feel like that defense is underrated, and I do think that it is top five. I mean, it's tough to slow down Lamar Jackson. I think this game is going to be... Low scoring. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think the Broncos are going to win this game, and I think they are for real. Like, their defense looks incredible. You know, they have held their opponents to very little points, even though Jerry Judy is out, and that's definitely, like, not good for their team as general because he's the receiver one on that team. I think Sutton can step up, and just I think the Ravens did not look good last week at all yeah. against the Lions. The Lions did a great job shutting them down, even though the Lions' defense has looked terrible throughout the first two weeks and then you know playing Lamar Jackson he got completely shut down they hit the lucky like 66 yard kick yeah like the Ravens should have lost to the Lions I think the Broncos are going to beat the Ravens in a low scoring game because their defense is just so high powered it's been kind of like night and day for the Ravens a little bit like at like great game and beat the Chiefs and then should have you can make the argument that they should have lost to the Lions yeah and they should have yeah and I think that the Broncos, as you said, their opponents don't impress me, but I feel like the talent that they have on that team does, and I think that they are legit. And if we're talking about teams that we think are going to make the playoffs, I definitely have the Broncos in my playoff picture right now. So, Caleb, what team are you out on? Um, I think, you know, talking about the playoffs, I'm out on the Seahawks. Um, their division is just so stacked, and I just think for the last two games, they really have not shown that much out of their offense. Um, when they played the Titans, they really choked that game. And um, Russell Wilson clearly just could not put a drive together in overtime. He always starts off the season very well. And, you know, if this is the start of the season where he's going 1-2, and two, losing to the Minnesota Vikings team who lost to the Bengals and just not putting up that many points, then I just don't think they have a chance at the playoffs, especially with all the other teams in their division. And also, it was the first game that Lockett didn't really have a big play uh, against the Vikings, and they their, their offense just wasn't nearly as good. DK had 100 yards and a touchdown, but their offense just didn't look as powered and as just 
dominant as it normally is with that threat to lock it. And they just got outplayed against the Vikings on all sides of the ball. And I just don't think they can keep it up. I mean, like you said, that that division is incredibly stacked. Like you're looking at three, maybe four playoff teams with the Seahawks, but I feel like they will rebound just because Russell Wilson, and I'm not really gonna I'm not gonna deny him of any playoff picture until he's really fallen off the pace. But I feel like that defense is just awful. Yeah. And like uh, Derek Henry had that blow-up game, and then Justin Jefferson, Thielen, uh, Alexander Madison had a good game against them. That defense, I think, is a real liability. Yeah, Kirk Cousins looks like prime Tom Brady against them. He was mm-hmm. just looking like he could not just make an incompletion. He was just throwing the ball all over the field against that defense. Yeah. So the team that I am actually out on is the Washington football team. Um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick on IR, Taylor Heineke is not the quarterback that will captain a team to the playoffs. And the big thing here for the football team is the defense, which has been awful. Uh, They are 27th in most points allowed, 21st in most rushing yards allowed, 28th against the pass, and they have the most total, total yards against them. And the Jaguars, who have actually played one more game than them, still have less yards allowed against them. So... This defense is just not what we saw last year. And I think for that reason, with the quarterback situation, Curtis Samuel on IR, I feel like this this team is just not going to be able to push for uh, a playoff playoff spot. You know, I disagree. I very much disagree. I think I think they have—I mean, they haven't been off to a great start. They have a record of 1-2. and two, But this said, I think they have some talent. Like, that is highly underrated. I think Heineke is amazing. I think what I think Taylor Heineke. I said it. I think he's amazing. Um, he's comfortable in the pocket. He can. He gets downfield. He's. He, he has solid drives. I mean, did you see him like play the past few games? He was he looking great. He just does that little play where he jumps out to the pile on like once a game. Like it was forty-five to thirteen against the Bills. Like Taylor Heineke is a bottom five quarterback when he's playing. I think he's amazing. I think he has solid units on the field. I mean, he has uh, Scary Terry, uh, who's an absolute beast. On top of that, he has a great running back duo. He has McKissick and Gibson, who I think are scary together. I think McKissick, when you saw him that one game, he played he played like a mon- he played a monster game. Um, and if he doesn't play a monster game, then Gibson could play a monster game. Also, when Curtis Samuel gets back, I think they have more units. I just think they're t- and with the uh, OL. They have a good OL. They have all. They have so much going for them on the offense. O line. Okay. Do you? I'm gonna ask you this one question. Do you think Taylor Heineke can lead them to a playoff spot? Like any any team to a playoff spot? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think Taylor Heineke. I mean, their division is pretty awful. I think. Well, I wouldn't say that it's awful. I mean, like they're shooting for a wild card spot, but the NFC West is gonna be completely all over that. So the best they're going to do is winning the division, but the Cowboys just look so high-powered right now. I don't think they're going to catch him, especially with that defense that is like a bottom-five defense right now. I think if they get that defense back up to where it needs to be, I think they can be an absolute killer team. Yeah. Um, I think it's way too early to be out on that defense. Um, They looked great in the first game against the Chargers, holding Herbert to 17 points. You know, they've had a few bad games, terrible games. They've had a few... You know, against the Giants, Daniel Jones looked amazing. Um, they should have lost that game. But um, I just think that 
I don't think that Taylor Heineke has any opportunity to take that team to the playoffs, especially with how stacked the NFC West is, and with my pick to be the seven seed, the Vikings. And I just don't think they have any chance to win the division. Um, the Cowboys just look way too good, and the Eagles look a lot better than, than the Washington football team, too. Um, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to switch to teams that um, we think are going to make the playoffs. Zach, we've already heard from you. So, Caleb, who do you think is making the playoffs that is 1 or 2 or 0 oh and 3? Um, as I said before, um, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, they should have beaten the Cardinals, who are now coming out as a favorite, one of the favorites in the NFC, if not the favorite. Um, you know, in the first game against the Bengals, the offense really wasn't clicking. They had seven points in the first half, and they got their groove back at the end. They should have won that game. They had a last-second fumble in overtime. Um, they arguably should be 3-0. and uh, They should have beaten the Cardinals. And then, you know, the Dalvin Cook fumble in overtime against the Bengals. I think they have a realistic shot at their division. The Packers really don't look great. And I think even if they don't get that division, then they have enough high power in their offense with Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, Kirk Cousins is looking good um, to get that seven seed. Yeah, I feel like the thing is with <clears throat> the Vikings is that you can make the case for them being 3-0. and Like, you get an unlucky Dalvin Cook fumble. The kicker, Greg Joseph, misses a chip shot field goal. Yeah. And then they stomp the, the Seahawks. Like, this could be very well easily a 3-0 and team and at the top of that division. And like you said, the Packers, Packers aren't looking like uh, what they've looked like in the past. This whole last dance motto, I don't think, is living up to, like, the hype that it is. And I mean, like, like I said before, the NFC West is kind of clouding the the five and six seeds, but I definitely could see the Vikings sneaking in at the seven. Yeah, that it, offense looks really good. Like, yeah, it's just clicking on all cylinders against the Seahawks. You know, the defense who really did not look good in the first two games like against the Cardinals. That game was a shootout. Looked really good against Russell Wilson and held him to seventeen points. Yeah, and didn't allow the locket deep ball, which I think is big when playing the Seahawks. So if they can really turn that defense around, that offense is going to destroy teams. Do you, uh, but do you think like later in the season? Do you think they're going to keep this up? Do yeah. You think, really? Well, you think they haven't really like kept anything up right now. They're one and two, but um, I think they have they have two free wins pretty much against the Lions, two against the Bears, and I think they can go into Lambeau and at home and beat the Packers because the Packers defense really hasn't looked good. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously he looked very good at the end of that 49ers game. But after the first half, he really just he got slowed down by yeah, the 49ers defense. And um, Jimmy Garoppolo could have won that game. Um, you know, they had that 30-second drive, whatever. I think the Vikings can easily go into Lambeau or in their home turf and beat the Packers and run them out of that division. So staying on the Vikings real quick and to answer your question of them, like trying to gain, gain some mo momentum to push for the playoffs— I mean, like, they lost their best player in Dalvin Cook against Alexander Ma and then they replaced him with a solid backup in Alexander Madison, and they still stomped the Seahawks. I mean, like, unless Kirk Cousins gets hurt, there's not enough stars on the defense to really, like, worry about them falling off the pace. But I feel like the Vikings are definitely a powerhouse offense with everybody healthy. And I feel like they could definitely make a surge into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the team that I think still has a shot to make the playoffs is the Colts. The Colts are 0-3 right now, but they are in the worst division in football with the Titans themselves and the Jags and Texans. So obviously the Jags and Texans obviously probably won't make the playoffs, but I do feel like the Titans, 
the Titans are kind of decimated with injuries right now with A.J. Brown and Julio out this week. And maybe uh, in the later picture, they could be in and out. And I feel like the Colts played amazing against the Rams and Carson Wentz was just injured and the story of his life, just like big moments, mm. always being injured. But I feel like the Colts with T.Y. Hilton coming back, Michael Pittman surging, Zach Pascal is a solid option, and that offensive line is great. I feel like they might be able to make a push and win that division with the Titans looking a little bit lackluster due to injuries. You know, I agree with this. I think, you know, the Colts in any other division, or not any other division, I feel like the Colts put in the Washington football team's place could have a shot at that division. But I just don't think the Titans really are going to give up. Um, they're lucky because this week, you know, they have their two best receivers out, but, you know, they play the Jets. Yeah. And Derrick Henry is just going to run all over that team, have 300 yards, eight touchdowns. He's just going to run all over that team. I don't think there's a chance that they lose that game against the Jets. And then, you know, when they start to come back, they'll just take over that division. You know, the Colts can easily bounce back with all their weapons. You know, they have the good weapons at receiver. And Carson Wentz doesn't look half bad. Everyone was, like, saying how bad he was, whatever. He's obviously always injured, but he does not look bad at all. And if they can just get the ball to Jonathan Taylor more and get him into the end zone and actually run him in the red zone and not do those, like, fancy trick plays where Carson Wentz throws a pick on the two-yard line, then, you know, he can definitely— the Colts can definitely be a shot at either 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 the seven seed or that division. They play the Dolphins the, this week, and I feel like from what I've seen from Jacoby Brissett, and I feel like I feel like the Colts win this game. Yeah, that could definitely be a turnaround for them. What about you, Zach? You think they win? I do think they win. I think it's just unfortunate that the Titans are so. I mean, in their division, no, no, they're not playing the Titans this week. But I just think. It's just unfortunate that the Titans are so bad this year because thinking about their division, I just had such high hopes for the Titans, and now since they're bad and the rest of the division's bad, I just think I think they're going to win this division by a lot. I wouldn't say that the, the Titans, Titans yeah. aren't bad. Titans are I, far from bad. You know, bad. I had really, really high hopes for them you at still the beginning should. of the season. I, I, mm. can't, I mean, every week I'm like, the Titans could be good this week. Yeah. The Titans could be good. And, and then they, they just been. And they just disappoint. No. I you feel know, like they have disappointed a little Who did they play bit. last week? Ooh. I Whatever. Anyways, you know, they looked amazing against the Seahawks. They beat Russell Wilson coming off that big win for them. And, um, you know, they had one bad game against the Cardinals. They had one bad game against the Cardinals. It was terrible. First game of the season, they looked bad, whatever. That, that doesn't matter. They bounced back against the Seahawks. Um, they're 2-1, and one, and I think, you know, that high-powered offense with getting Julio into the mix, he's had 200-yard games, I think, in the past two games. Um, Julio has just looked incredible. And, you know, getting him into the mix, I think they'll be good. And they actually played the Colts last week, and they won. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think the Titans are definitely bouncing back. Um, that offense looks good. And getting everyone back off injury, I think they can do even better. Yeah, okay. So now we're going to shift a little bit to the fantasy side of football. And we're going to do our segment, Ride or Die, here. So basically... People that we are riding, we think are going to have huge uh, explosion games. And then people who are dying, um, we think are going to have pretty bad games. So, uh, Zach, who are you riding with this week? This week, I have Deshaun Jackson. You know, with the Cardinals-Rams game, expected to be a high-scoring affair. I think the over-under is like 55. Uh, we could see Matthew Stafford looking for hopefully connecting with Jackson a few times in this matchup. I mean, last week he had like 120 yards and a touchdown against the Bucks, which is a great team. 
Um, so I have some high hopes for him, for the veteran this week. I see a deep sleeper flex option. Like let's say one of your players got injured and you have, and you you don't really have any other options. I think Deshaun Jackson is that guy who can get you possibly twenty plus points if he has a really good week. Um, he's a sneaky play who I think could be potentially go off. I mean, like the big thing for Deshaun Jackson is that's Deshaun Jackson. It's like, is he going to catch an eighty yard touchdown? Yep. You think he does? I think he does. I think Matt. I think. Matthew Stafford's looking for someone who, I mean, Cooper Cup gets all the receptions, but he doesn't get those, like, crazy, like, 80-yard catches. I think that's Deshaun Jackson's play. I think that's where he steps in. I think that Van Jefferson, I think Sean McVay likes Van Jefferson more than Deshaun Jackson. So the only reason why I'm scared off is just because there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And, I mean, like, you're just, like, like, the big thing here is, like, reliability, where, like, you're saying, like, he's a solid, like, streaming option for this week. But, I mean, like, you're just banking on one play. Just, like, yeah. one play, and it's, like, impossible to predict. Because if it was possible to predict, he would be in your lineup whenever he did. I mean, look, he's a veteran. Like, last week he showed that he really can still play. Um, I th- The fact that he's a veteran just... I think that makes him reliable. I think he's the guy that we can be like, or the Rams can be like, if we need to throw someone and it's not Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, it's going to be, it's going to be Deshaun Jackson. But I mean, like, it, it's just too, if I, if I was in the situation where say I had someone hurt and then I'm looking at the waiver wire and I'm looking at like a guy like Tim Patrick, Deshaun Jackson, or even like MVS, I would say I would even put MVS over him just because I think he has more of a role and a higher upside just because there's less mouths to feed in Green Bay. I don't think, I think there might, look, there might be less mouths to feed in Green Bay, like you said, but I think that, I just think Deshaun Jackson is going to have that explosive game just like he did last week. Last week, I mean, you see how many yards he got. He got 120 yards, a touchdown. I just don't see why he wouldn't do that again this week. Well, I mean, it's just like, you say 120 yards, but then he also has, like, an 80-yard touchdown. And, I mean, like, you're going on, like, two catches, 20 yards, and you don't want that in your lineup. And, I mean, like, it's like it's just a recurring theme, and it's been that way his, like, entire football career. It's like, will he get that one deep play? And that's why Deshaun Jackson hasn't been, like, a top-10 fantasy wide receiver in any year. It's just because of that unreliability that he has. Yeah, but also the Cardinals are not great against the deep ball. Um, when they played the Vikings, the Vikings had multiple deep ball plays, and Deshaun Jackson, you know, the Rams haven't really been in those shootout games. This is the first game against the Bucks that there's actually been a shootout. Well, you know, the Colts game arguably was a shootout, but Cooper Cup had like three touchdowns, 170 receiving yards. There wasn't really any other person they were looking to throw to except for him that game. Um, you know, Van Jefferson had a big game week one, but Deshaun Jackson could be the main deep ball threat. We should just we'll. We'll see this week. Um, the that Cardinals Rams game will definitely be a high scoring game. Um, you know, against the Bucks, they looked for Jackson. You know, he had that yeah. long catch. He could get another one this week. I don't think I might. I was thinking about picking him up in fantasy this week because you know I made a, you know I made a trade that <laughs> got rid of one of my receivers. I I ended up getting Travis Kelsey, but. And now I have to start like Brandon Ayuk as my receiver, which you know, he he isn't that he he's he he looked pretty good against the Packers. But I was thinking about picking up one of these big play guys like Deshaun Jackson or Jefferson. Um, you know, I'm still choosing between two of them, and I might not pick up either, but it's definitely an option. Yeah, I mean, 
as like a streaming option, I think he might be fine in like a 12 man PPR. But like if you're like an eight and a 10 team and you're having to go to Deshaun Jackson, I feel bad for you. Yeah. Um, so Caleb, who are you riding with this week? Um, someone who I'm riding with is Jonathan Taylor. Um, the Dolphins run defense is dreadful. They let up 120 yards and a touchdown to an RB three in Peyton Barber. You know, they he Peyton Barber is nowhere close to an RB one like Jonathan Taylor is. Jonathan Taylor is arguably top twelve, top ten running back in the league. He's getting the carries, you know, with Wentz hurt, they have to rely on him less. And you know, Jonathan Taylor is going to be relied on a lot more in this game. They'll be able to run it to him to punch it in because normally with Carson Wentz in that offense, they do the bootleg in the end zone, and it works most of the time. They just get the receivers going. But I think now when they get to the red zone with Jonathan Taylor, they're just going to keep running him and punch it in and just expect a big day from him on Sunday. I think that, like I said earlier, with the Colts winning this game, I feel like they're up. I think they're running the ball in the second half behind that very good offensive line. And I do feel like Jonathan Taylor goes over 100 yards this week. The thing I'm worried about, though, is his receiving. And he's only had five catches the entire year, which is a lot lower than people wanted to. As people, when you drafted him, people wanted him to skyrocket into this third down running back. But Naheem Hines is there and he's taking away touches and he's taking away receptions. And I'm just worried about that. Um, yeah, also, that's definitely true. Jonathan Taylor is still getting 15 to 20 carries a game um, against this Dolphins defense. I think he's going to get a lot more, and I think he's going to be able to punch it in. I'm pretty sure he has one touchdown or zero this year. And, you know, he's not been getting a lot of the carries in the red zone. But with Wentz and that ankle injury, he, they're not going to be able to rely on him rolling out as much. I don't think they're going to rely on him almost at all this game. And I think Jonathan Taylor is just going to have a monster game. Yeah. I mean— you're obviously starting Jonathan Taylor still, but I do feel like there is some appeal to Naheem Hines this week I, if you're looking for streaming I options. I think you said, like, you're not relying on him to roll out and throw as much, which I think opens more opportunity, not for just Jonathan Taylor, but for Naheem Hines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because they need they can't just have Jonathan Taylor in the whole game if they're yeah. going to run it. They have both of those options, and I think the fact that they need, they need to run more uh, makes it more of a shared running uh like backfield yeah. yeah but it also gives Jonathan Taylor more carries and he's gonna be able to get a touchdown and over 100 yards in this game. yeah I mean I'm you look at 100 yards and it's like that's 10 points and it's like if we're looking at like monster weeks here I mean like it's gonna take like really like some rushing performance because he just doesn't have that receiving upside where it's like He's going to need like 130 yards and a touchdown yeah. to really get that boom week. Yeah, I think he's going to do what Joe Mixon did in week one. You know, Joe Mixon doesn't really have that receiving upside either. He doesn't get many receptions. I think he's going to go for 20-plus carries, 130, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. So my guy is more of a streaming option just because of how like how bad tight ends have been this year. And it's Cameron Bray. Gronk is doubtful to play, and I actually have pretty high hopes for Bray. He actually had five catches for 40 yards after Gronk went out in the third quarter. And if you're someone who bought into the Kyle Pitts hype, you have Mark Andrews, something like that. I actually had Kyle Pitts in one of my leagues, and I picked up Cameron Bray, and I'm debating between whether or not to start him. And the big thing that I look at here is that Brady is coming off a loss, and he is going into kind of like a screw you game against the Pats. I think he throws for like 
350 yards and four touchdowns. And I think Brait is one of those guys that catches it and maybe gets 50 yards. Yeah. Um, Brait's another one of the guys that I was looking up and that I was looking to pick for my flex option this week. Um, you know, I have Travis Kelsey, but I also think that Brait will have a good game. Brady loves his tight ends, especially when it's Gronk. But I think in this Bucks offense, the tight ends have really been included a lot more. And Cameron Bray is always a reliable option. He would be a, the number one tight end on a lot of teams. And he definitely still has that talent. Um, Brady loves to throw to his tight ends, especially Gronk. And, you know, in that Bucks offense, tight ends have been included. And I just think Bray will have definitely at least five or six catches. And hopefully he can punch one in. The only thing I'm worried about is how many mouths there are to feed. But I do feel like the Pats defense and the Pats secondary is good enough to where Mike Evans is going to be a little bit limited with J.C. Jackson shadowing him. And I think that the 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 Bucks don't even run the ball too much and the Pats are good against the run. I feel like it's him and Godwin. The only thing I'm worried about is O.J. Howard coming in the game. Yeah, And O.J. Howard... I mean, I don't know what Bruce Arians is thinking, so I'm just hoping Braid is out there on uh, is out there on the field for the majority of the plays. But OJ Howard, like catching that touchdown, getting catches. Obviously, if you're starting Braid, you're going to be mad at that. So it is a little bit of a risky play, but I feel like the amount of volume Brady's going to have and how much he's going to be passing is going to allow some opportunities to pop yeah. up from Braid. Yeah, I agree. Just like I said about the running the uh, the backfield in. In Indiana, like the, for the Colts, um, I think the fact that Gronk is not going to play is makes it makes there be more opportunity for like the backup or like OJ Howard, who's probably the backup to Cameron Brait. So I think that gives them both more opportunity opposed to just Cameron Brait. Just like um, yeah, for the Colts, just like I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be just the one. It's going to be a shared. Mm-hmm. So I think it's similar in Tampa. Okay, so now we're going to look at some guys that we were out on this week. And uh, Caleb, who are you out on? Um, Someone that I'm out on is Robert Woods. You know, I drafted him over Cooper Cup in all three of my leagues. The biggest mistake a fantasy owner could do this yeah, year. Yeah, you know, it was probably the worst pick. You know, I was, so, I was arguing, like, so many people about him. You know, everyone was saying, or some some of my friends were saying, Cooper Cup was better. Blah, blah. I, was I was like, one nope, Robert Woods. Robert Woods is the guy. He's the number one guy for Matthew Stafford. He's going to be there. You know, he doesn't get red zone targets. He doesn't. He's gotten like eight or seven t- targets per game, but he really has no big play upside. The targets that he gets are like slants across the middle of the field, and it gets him like out of bounds for like eight yards. Like I always turn on the game. I see Robert Woods like shaking up after a play, and it's like, oh, we got a three-yard gain. And Cooper Cup always gets those 20-yard passes over yep. the middle of the field. Robert Woods gets absolutely nothing. You know, he has— he really has no chance of creating space or getting a big play off them. Hopefully, I'm completely jinxing him and he goes completely <laughs> off this week. Hopefully, he goes for 40. But, um, you know, he doesn't get red zone targets. Cooper Cup gets all of them. And, you know, Matthew Stafford just has proven that he doesn't like Robert Woods for some reason. So, <clears throat> you think that Cooper Cup, he's had these explosion games three weeks in a row now. Do you think the Cardinals defense keys in Hope at so. all? And shadows like Buda Baker maybe over him? Um, I think even if they do, Cooper Cup has looked incredible. It doesn't look like anyone can stop him. His route running is looking great. Nobody can really guard him. It looks like he's pretty much open every single play. And even if they do shadow him, he might have a little less of a game. But, I, you know, Robert Woods could have that one touchdown like he did against the Bears. He had like four receptions for 30 yards and one touchdown. 
But if they do shadow Rob or Cooper Cup, then Robert Woods has a chance to have that decent game. But I just don't think that there's a chance that he has like a big game with Cooper Cup there. So are you starting Robert Woods? Yeah, because my bench receivers consist of uh, Brandon Ayuk, and then my bench flex <laughs> consists of Michael Carter Jr. So I'm going to give a couple guys here, and you're going to tell me whether you like Robert Woods or them, okay? Right. Robert Woods or Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton. Robert Woods or Juju? Robert Woods. Robert Woods or Chase Claypool? Robert Woods. Robert Woods or Michael Pittman? Um, definitely Robert Woods. I don't like the Steelers offense at all. I hate the Steelers offense. I don't like anybody on the Steelers offense. Maybe Deontay Johnson when he's fully healthy. Um, but Robert Woods, you can't bench him yet. I think give him two more weeks, but I also don't think that he's going to have a good game this week. And then maybe next week you could like debate on benching him. He's gotten like five, six targets. He could have a big game, but I just don't think it's going to happen at all. I feel like he just has like a mediocre game like always. Yeah. I could see him maybe having like a bigger role, maybe some more screen passes to him. But like I said, he's just not connecting on those deep balls because mm -hmm. Cooper Cup's running those like 20-yard plays and then Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson are running like the 50-yard plays. Yeah. And it's just him and Tyler Higby over the middle for like 10 yards, I feel like. Yeah, and Robert Woods could be doing this. Like I'm not like, disobeying his, or, like disregarding his talent. Like he definitely still has talent. He's definitely yeah. still a very talented receiver. He's just not the target. Just He's just not getting the ball. If he was running the same routes that Cooper Cup was running, he yep. would be getting just as many receptions, just as many touchdowns yeah. as Cooper yeah. Cup. I mean, if just, he's just there, he's, yeah. he's just not getting included. I mean, if you watch any, like, Anytime the Rams play, it's just Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. He gets so yeah. many targets, and mm -hmm. that's how, that, and that's why he plays well because he gets the targets. I mean, this week I think he's going to go against a solid like defense that are going to contain him. Though I think he's yeah. not going to have an explosive week, but I think he's going to have a week as expected. Like, yeah, yeah, you know the Cardinals' defense is not solid, solid at all. It's not solid. I'm just saying I think it, they're going to. It's all right. It's, it's that, pass like, that pass rush is that pass rush is fine. They stunned Ryan Tannehill week one, but they looked terrible against the Vikings, letting up like multiple fifty yard touchdowns and just not looked great. And then last week they looked fine against the Jaguars. They let up like twenty five points. Yeah. Uh. So Zach, who are you out on this week? Um. This week I am out on AJ Green and Rondell Moore. The both on the Cardinals. What about Christian Kirk? Well, I think Christian Kirk could be... I think those two are going to be out, but I think Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be better. So Arizona's passing game is pretty much predicted on connecting short, on short and, in, and intermediate throws, so there's room for multiple receivers to get decent yardage. Also, Arizona's done a nice job spreading targets around to all of their receivers. Um, I, I don't think any have had more than eight targets in a single game, and, you know, I think the main... I think they each get around, like, you know, maybe 10 points PPR in two—I think they got that in two games. Like, a, like A.J. Green, Rondo Moore, they don't really—Rondo Moore had that one good game, but I think that was a lucky game for him. Um, I think Kirk Cousins—I mean, uh, Christian Kirk and Hopkins are the two receivers that are going to be getting the, most of the targets this week. While they do like to spread it around, I think those are the two that, if they're going to throw the ball, those are going to be the main focuses— um, but I just think that the receiver options never get so never get that many points because they like to share the wealth among them. I wanted to write that I'm out on DeAndre Hopkins, but I feel like I wrote about 
Allen Robinson. Uh, I was out on Allen Robinson in week one. DeAndre Hopkins is not going to have a good game against Jalen Ramsey this week. I mm-hmm. disagree with what you said about Rondale Moore and A.J. Green. I feel like Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and Rondale Moore are going to have to carry this load on offense because the the front seven for the Rams is super solid. They're not going to be able to run the ball. And I feel like they're going to have to look to the air and Kyler's rushing abilities. And I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is going to be locked down. And I think that two, two of those guys are going to have pretty good weeks and that are good streaming options. But I feel like it's just going to be up to them because the Rams' offense is so so high-powered. Yeah. But this yeah. is what I'm saying about uh, the, the passing game, about like spreading it out and sharing the wealth between them. It's never like they target like it's never like the Rams where Cooper Cup gets all the all the receptions or the, all the targets. They like to spread it out between them, and I think that's why I just don't think one of them is going to go off. I think they're both going to get have like maybe seven points and have like a few yards, a few receptions. Um, but I just don't think since they have so many options, I just don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah. I mean, when I look at this, it's like you're taking away Jalen Ramsey, who's uh, the second best player on that field, you're taking away him and you're putting him against D Hop, and then you have three. You have three other guys, and you have no rushing game with the running back. It's just Kyler's rushing abilities, and I mean, like they're gonna have to score points. And I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be there to catch that touchdown. I feel like Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, and AJ Green all are very different in their own ways, and I think that two of them probably get a yeah. touchdown. I mean, they can yeah. only do so much. Like it's, it's they're three okay players. I mean, how much can they really do? How much damage can AJ Green and Rondo Moore do? I think Kirk could be pretty good. I think he's going to be the guy if, if Hopkins is locked down. Uh, Christian Kirk is going to be a, a definitely a good target to look for. But you know they're gonna they're gonna try to spread it around. They're gonna do what they always do. And I just don't think that the, AJ Green and Rondo Moore are the two guys that are gonna you know go off. Right. But you're saying that they're going to spread it around, and if they do spread it around, yeah. then they will go off. No, I, j- I don't. In the game, when they played the Vikings, they spread it around so well. Rodney Moore had a huge game. A.J. Green had six receptions. DeAndre Hopkins did not have a great game. And also, when they played the Titans, whatever, DeAndre Hopkins had a huge game. You know, they, they were just feeding him the whole entire game. The Titans could not guard him in any way. Yeah. But when DeAndre Hopkins is going to get locked down by Jalen Ramsey, and he also got locked down last week by the by the Jaguars, when he gets locked down by Jalen Ramsey, I think they're going to have to throw it to all three of those receivers. Um, I don't know. I don't think that it's reliable to start A.J. Green. But yeah. definitely Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk are both going to have a lot of targets and receptions. And I just feel like even with you know them having to spread the love, it'll just make them have even more opportunities. Maybe not as reliable to start as like over someone like who has a receiver one option like Brandon Cooks, Cortland Sutton, maybe not over someone like that, but definitely as your like deep flex or just normal flex option, they Christian Kirk or Ronda Moore will 100% be able to have those games where it's like eight receptions, 80 yards and a touchdown. And you know, this game's going to be high scoring. The Rams defense is going to do a good job stopping Kyler in the run game and also stopping DeAndre Hopkins and I just think they're going to have to look to those guys. Yeah, I just don't think Look, when I say they have to spread or they spread it around between the receivers, I don't mean like 20-yard passes. I mean like they're going to spread it around with like three-yard passes, some screens. I think I think each of them get around, you know, maybe six receptions, which is decent, but not for like 
any more than 50 yards. I think it's going to be like, I think they each get, have a mediocre to not so great game because they have, and then Christian Kirk's going to be the deep ball player. He's going to be the guy who they throw to who gets those yards. So I just don't think AJ Green and Ronda or Ronda Moore are just going to get those crazy yeah. yards. I'm going to, okay. What do you think the score is of this Rams Cardinals game? I think the Rams, I don't really know. I think the Rams are going to win by 20. What's the score? How many points are the Cardinals scoring? I think the Cardinals are going to score 35 points. Okay. Who is scoring those five touchdowns? Wait, sorry. Did I say the Cardinals? Yeah. I meant the Rams are going to get 35 okay. points. How many points are the Cardinals scoring? I think the Cardinals are going to score, you know, somewhere between 10 and 20. Okay. So you think that this Rams defense is going to lock them down? I do. Okay. So say, say they score three touchdowns. Who are scoring those three touchdowns? Kirk and Kyler Murray. Two rushing touchdowns for Kyler? One. It could be one, maybe James Conner. Possibly. Maybe like a one-yard run by James Conner. I think Kyler Murray's definitely going to get a rushing touchdown. I just feel like, I think he definitely runs in for one, but I feel like this game is a lot more high scoring, and I feel like the volume is at its most right now for guys like Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, and like you said, Caleb, not so much A.J. Green. The volume is is very high right now. I feel like they're going to have to step up to win this game. And I think that the game plan is going between them two, uh, Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore, and Kyler's rushing ability. So I'll be really interesting to see. But at the at the end of this week, I wouldn't see I wouldn't be surprised if Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk both had twenty. Um. <clears throat> okay. So the. The do-up I am out on this week is Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown. Uh, both have been pretty good this year and solid, valuable players to your fantasy football team. But this week, they are going up against a very good Broncos defense that has the second least uh, yards allowed, second least rushing yards allowed, and the least amount of points allowed. I think this game is going to be low scoring and there's going to be turnovers on both sides of the ball. And I mean, like, we look at Hollywood Brown last week, he dropped like, Four touchdowns, like four, like right in his bread basket, yeah, was- just completely dropped. I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with him in my lineup just because of drops, and he just hasn't. Besides that first rookie season, he just hasn't gotten the wheels going. And I think that Lamar, he was slow down against the Lions last week, and I mean, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos are able to do that with how much talent that they have on that defense. Yeah. Um- I feel like the Broncos defense really they have looked good. Um against the Giants, they really just got bailed out though. They had wait no. Wait no. But against the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones had that rushing touchdown. And Lamar Jackson, I think, will be able to do the same thing. Daniel Jones had a rushing touchdown against the Giants at the last second. Daniel I mean, Jones yeah, had a rushing the Broncos. They didn't play. Yeah, they did. The no. Giants the Broncos. That was first week. Yeah, the week oh, one. that was? Yeah. Oh. Daniel Jones had a rushing touchdown. They didn't do a great job containing I him fall. in the run game. I think Lamar Jackson will be able to get to the outside and run the ball just like he did against the Chiefs. And Holly Brown, Hollywood Brown definitely, he got volume against the Lions. I don't think he's a great start because he got plenty of recept- He got plenty of targets against the Lions. He dropped almost every single one of them. True. He had many touchdowns that he just dropped. You know, I think he secures one of them this week. I, I, he had yeah. one deep ball touchdown, another touchdown back of the end zone that he dropped. I think, you know, he will secure one of these touchdowns and actually catch the ball this week. Um, I think he's a reliable start um, for the flex option. He will definitely get you um, targets, at least. You know, it's just a matter if he catches the ball or not. I mean, look, think about it. If a guy dropped that many open passes and, 
you know, let up so many possible touchdowns is he lost so much credibility last week. Like, just, I don't think, like, a guy who does that, a guy who drops all those passes, he's not the guy who you look for anymore. He lost all of that credibility, and I just think that, you know, they're going to look for someone else. But who? Who do you look for? Sammy Watkins? You don't look for it. I mean, maybe. They can't why would look you, for anybody Why else. would you throw it to him? He drops so, so many open passes. Yeah, maybe if you're on, like, the Cardinals, like you said, where you have that many receiving weapons that if, like, like Christian Kirk drops a few balls, then you don't look for him anymore. But, you know, the Ravens can't look for anyone else. Mark Andrews got receptions last game. It's not like they can look for him any more than they already do. And, you know, the only other receiver on that team really is Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins will not get that many. He'll get targets, obviously, but you can't just throw the ball to one receiver the whole game. Hollywood Brown will 100% get targets and maybe catch the ball this game. You know, if you want to start him, that's definitely a reliable start. He will definitely get the volume, but um, it's just about if he reels the ball in. So, if we're looking at guys like Lamar Jackson here, I would start Kirk Cousins against the Browns over Lamar Jackson this week. No. No chance. No. I just think that, like, Lamar Jackson had a below-average week against the Lions, and that could probably be because they were just looking past them to this game against the Broncos. Also, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, right. The only the, He had a below-average game because Hollywood Brown blew their possessions. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's just like they're going up against the Broncos, who their secondary is so much better than any per than any player on the Lions. The Broncos secondary is so much better. And I just feel like with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, they're gonna be keying in on this run. And I feel like they have the guys in Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and um Jeffrey Simmons to really like close in on this run. And I think that they get pressure when he's passing and this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I could see Lamar Jackson throwing a couple picks, maybe a strip sack. He is, I would, I would bench him over Kirk Cousins just because Kirk Cousins is playing at a much, much more reliable pace than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson throws interceptions. We know this. He fumbles. He throws interceptions. But against the Chiefs, he still had two interceptions, and he still went for thirty points. Yeah, but he's not the Chiefs' defense and the Broncos' defense are completely different. Yeah. I just feel like this Broncos defense is the hardest defense that they've played this year, and I think that Lamar Jackson has trouble going. Right. Okay. So now we're going to be uh, previewing the games for next week, and we're going to be looking at the games that we are most excited to watch this Sunday. Um, and so, Zach, what game are you most excited for? I am definitely most excited for the, uh, the Packers-Steelers game. Um, I think, you know... I think this game is just the showdown of two highly overrated teams. Um, but I and the Packers who got blown up by the Saints, Steelers lost to the Cincinnati Bengals um just last week. I just I wanna see who wins between these two teams because, you know, they both people are you know, people like the Steelers, they think it just had a bad week. People like the Packers think they're, you know, having a bad start to this season. But I just think I really wanna see like of these two teams, like, I want to see a blowout. I want to see a team destroy the other to really show themselves. I mean, I, I feel like, um, I feel like the, the Packers are just clearly the better team here and that the Steel, Big Ben, don't even get me started with Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben terrible. is a bottom three quarterback. His mobility is awful. There's, like, this funny Twitter clip where he's, like, doing, like, a three- three-step rollout, and he's yeah, falling he's, yeah. down. And it's like, yeah. 
the amount of like fantasy opportunities that are around like the Steelers. And I feel like if you put like a guy in like Tack Prescott, Kirk Cousins, all of these guys would be so much more reliable. Yep. But because Big Ben, Big Ben is so stubborn. He doesn't want to roll out. He doesn't want to be under center. He doesn't want to throw the ball deep. All of these guys like Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, Najee, they are all held back. And yeah. I mean, like, I just feel like the big thing is that this Steelers defense is going to have to step up yep. against the Packers, cause turnovers, give them good field position, and probably even have to score touchdowns. But I mean, like, I just think that this is kind of just the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, just going in there, dealing business yeah. like usual. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I I think, I mean, I, look, don't get me wrong. I definitely agree with you. I think, I, I still think these teams are both overrated. Um, like the Packers. I mean, look, they're supposed to be, people thought, people had a Super Bowl, like, predictions before the season started yeah. of them. And now Last there's. dance, yeah. Yeah, and now, you know, they're okay. But I think definitely between the two, the Steelers, I mean, the Packers are, like, I think they're going to win. But I want to see a blowout because I want to yeah. see them beat the, the Steelers. Because I, I want to see the Steelers because I think they're terrible. You know, you keep saying that all these teams are overrated and off to a slow start. The Packers are far from overrated. If anything, the Packers are underrated because of their week one loss. They had a terrible game against the Saints. Don't get me wrong. They completely collapsed just like the Titans did week one where you said they were overrated too. You know, the Titans and the Packers both have bounced back very well. The Packers had a great game against the Lions. You know, The Lions. They, got, they got, Okay. The Lions aren't even... The Lions are also slept on, but, you know, we don't have to talk about that yet. You know, the Lions are definitely a slept-on team, and the Packers looked great against them. They went, then they beat the 49ers, a 2-0 team whose defenses looked incredible. Aaron Rodgers looked great in the first half. They slowed down a little bit at the end of the half, or at the end of the game. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers led that comeback, and I think the Packers definitely are a force to be reckoned with. I don't think they're going to win the division because I'm so high on the Vikings. But the Packers are definitely not overrated. I think the Steelers are very overrated. And that's why the Packers are just going to blow them out of the water this game. Um, the Steelers' offense just doesn't look as good as it's looked in the past years. Big Ben's looked really bad. Um, with Deontay Johnson coming back from injury, I think their offense might be a little better this week. Um, Najee had, like I think, his peak game of the season last I don't year. think that's his peak game. He didn't, score, he didn't score game. a touchdown. He didn't, but he got, like what was it, 14 receptions? Yeah. I could see him That's getting never happening again. I, I see him getting 10, 10 more usually now and also more rushes. I feel like okay. I mean, like, I don't want to like jinx Najee or like obviously I'm a big Najee fan, but I feel like he's gonna be a lot more involved in this offense now. I think that the Steelers are now starting to realize that Big Ben is not the answer and that to just avoid him from making any mistakes. They're just going to hand the ball off to Najee or dumping it out, dump it out into the flat. And I think that's what Big Ben wants to do. I think he just wants to let his first-round running back just run behind this horrible offensive line and throw little slip screens. That's yeah. that's what I think Big Ben wants to do. I think that's what the offense wants to do. But besides, that's besides the point. I feel like the Packers, I feel like the Packers might have a little bit trouble uh, getting going in this game just because the Steelers' defense is pretty good this year. Uh, like it has been. And I do feel like the Packers will be able to score on this team. I'm not scared of anybody's fantasy outlooks like Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. But I am 
And I also do think MVS is a solid streaming option, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers upset them just yeah. because of that defense. But the Packers' D-line has low-key been slept on this year a lot. Um, they have let up like around 40, 30 yards a game to um, quarterbacks running the ball. Big Ben's not going to get any rushing yards against them. Jared Goff had rushing yards. Jameis Winston had a good job running the ball. But other than that, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. Kamara went for 80 yards, even though they blew them out. Um, uh, against John J. Swift, he had 35 yards. Trey Sermon had 30 yards. And the Packers' D-line has definitely looked good. Um, with Najee Harris there, obviously, he's gotten volume. I, you know, he's gotten the carries the past two games. He's he played 100 of the snaps game one, but I think um, the Packers D line has been slept on this year, and I think they'll do a pretty good job shutting him down because I just don't think the Steelers really know how to run the ball. So the game that I am most looking forward to this week is just because of the story behind this, and it's Bucks versus Patriots. I am really excited to see how this game unfolds. Obviously, there's been so much news about how. Belichick and Brady were clashing, forcing Brady to leave. Brady wanted to go to the Niners, but they wanted to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Just all of these stories about Brady and Belichick. And I feel like the big thing in this game is that Belichick watches Brady leave, wins the Super Bowl. And even though he's like as cold as a rock, doesn't show emotions, I think Belichick cared about that more than anything in the world. And I think that this is more of a Belichick revenge game than a Brady revenge game. I think Belichick knows Brady better than anybody. And I wouldn't be surprised if this Pats kind of underrated defense is able to stop is able to stop Brady just because of like how much revenge Belichick wants. Yeah. Um, you know, Belichick does know Brady better than anyone, but uh the Bucs are gonna win this game by 50 points. The Bucs are gonna completely destroy them on every single side of the ball. The Pats look terrible against the Saints turning the ball over. Mac Jones is nowhere close to Tom Brady. You know, he his weapons aren't great. They didn't do a good job running the ball to Damian Harris last game. And, you know, I just think that that Bucks defense is going to completely just shatter the whole entire Patriots defense. They're not going to get stopped. It's They can't guard those weapons. No matter how slept on the Pats' defense are, they can't even beat the Dolphins. They barely beat the Jets. You know, the defense did look good against the Jets, but that's the Jets. Um, they barely beat the Dolphins. They shouldn't, you know, oh, you know, they lost to the Dolphins. But that was unlucky with a Damian Harris fumble. Yeah, Probably but it's also the Dolphins, who are not a good team at all. Um, you know, the Bucks have not shown many flaws, except their defense has not looked great. Their defense hasn't looked good at all, actually. The Bucks' defense has looked a lot worse than it did last year. They did not play well against the Falcons. They did not play well against the Cowboys. They let up 30 points against the Cowboys. They haven't looked good against the pass 38 to game. the Rams. Yeah, you know, also the Rams. They haven't looked good against the pass at all. Their run defense, obviously, is always going to be good, which I think is a great matchup for them this game because of how good Damian Harris has been, except for last week. But I think that, um, you know, the, the Pats' defense just—I mean, the Pats' offense just isn't going to be able to get the ball. So I think that the most underrated crucial part is that James White is out for the year now. And you might be wondering, well, he's just a pass catching back. Well, he's the best pass protector on this team. And when you're looking at that front seven for the Bucks, I would be very scared if I was Mac Jones thinking about, 
uh, Shaq Barrett, JPP, Vita Vea, all of those guys just coming at me, and I don't have a running back that is going to be able to block. That's why Damian Harris had a bad week, because they didn't trust him enough to pass protect. And the only reason why he was in the game is because James White was out. And I'm just worried about this front seven getting to Mac Jones. And I am a little bit worried about uh, the Pats being able to cover all of these weapons, which is why I'm leaning towards the Bucs, but I do feel like the Pats could upset them. Um, Dan, um, you said this is about revenge, you know, about Bill Belichick knowing Brady so well. Look, Belichick is no stranger to Brady, right? Brady knows Belichick just as well as the other way around. And if you're talking about this game of revenge, we're talking about the no-one Pats. Pats have—they're not a good team. Like, Brady—you're talking about the Bucks here. There's no universe where the Pats beat the Bucks in this game. I don't care how much revenge Bill Belichick needs to get. This team is just not good. Like, the Bucks are absolutely going to destroy him. They're going to win by 100. Like, this team is—I don't—like, I said it again, the— has much revenge as he needs. They, their team is just, just simple. It's just not good. It's just not good enough. I. It's like Brady knows Belichick. Well, obviously the yeah. schemes have changed, but like Belichick knows tendencies, and like Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And the big thing with Belichick is that he always knows how to take away your best player. And I think that you combine that factor with him being able to know Brady. I feel like and and he has a solid defense to do it. I think that he might be able to contain it just for a little bit. And I am telling you, the biggest thing in Belichick's heart right now is winning this game. Because he, he doesn't need, have a team, though. He doesn't he, have a team to do it. He needs to prove that he was the reason why the Pats won all those Super Bowls. He cannot let Brady smoke them at home on nationalized television after Brady won the Super Bowl. Well, it's I about just, to happen. Well, it's gonna happen. I, yeah, that's exactly I just what don't, happened. I just don't think... I think Belichick is like, I, I just think that he he's going to slow Belichick them down a bit. Belichick can go ahead and take away the best player, and they have four more guys right behind them. They can go ahead and take away Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, whoever Belichick thinks is the best player or whatever. They can go ahead and take him away. You know, they have the other guys. They have Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, as you said before, Cameron Bray, Leonard Fournette. They have all those guys who are just way too, way too good for the Pats defense. And also, Belichick was obviously not. Belichick was obviously not the main reason why the Bucks, the, yeah. the Pats, won all the Super Bowls because Brady went to the Bucks and won the Super Bowl, and he's going to win again this yeah. year. You you know how the you know how the Pats win this game is that if someone goes and hits a cheap shot on Tom Brady, injures him, <laughs> career-ending injury, then sure the Pats will win. No, but that's the only lose. way they're going to win. Belichick is going to pull some mischievous plan on how to injure Brady because he. Belichick might they're do not, that. They would Belichick. Still lose. Yeah, and that's the way they're going to win, all right? So we'll give you that. The, we'll give you that. That's how the Pats are going to win. I will, Career-ending injury I will for just Brady. say one thing real quick is that the the Bucks have been keeping games close against, play, uh, against other teams. Like against the sure. Falcons, Cowboys, Rams, all those games have been very close or they've lost. And I just feel like the Pats, the Bucks are on upset alert this week. You heard it. You heard it here first. The Bucks are on upset report. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of Des Caught It. Thank you to the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio for hosting us, and have a great weekend, everybody. Thank, thank you. you.